when I first got diagnosed with adult ADHD, the very first book that I read that really brought everything together for me and made things clearer for me was the book called Driven to Distraction by Dr. Ned Hallowell. Well, today, in this episode, I am having a conversation with Dr. Ned Hallowell with regards to ADHD. He is a board-certified child and adult psychiatrist, a thought leader, a New York Times best-selling author, and also a world-renowned keynote speaker and a leading authority in the field of ADHD. He is also the founder of Hallowell Centers in Boston and the host of the podcast, popular podcast, Distraction. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Ned Hallowell. Welcome everyone. Today I have a special guest with me. I am honored. I am thrilled. I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Ned Hallowell. Like, I want to give a drum roll right now for this. This is super exciting for me. Doctor, thank you so much for accepting my invitation months ago and being on my little show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the great work you do. Thank you, sir. I wanted to, before we get into the meats of this, which is talking about professionals in the workplace with ADHD, I want to talk about your new book. Can you please talk about your new book? Because it's coming out. I love the new term that you're using for ADHD, so please give me a sneak peek of that for for our audience. The title is ADHD 2.0, New Science and New Findings, and and it'll be out in January. But one of of the elements of it is is this term VAST that we, we use to describe ADD, Variable Attention Stimulus Trait. So instead of calling it a deficit disorder, we call it VAST. And the, the book will have a whole bunch of new stuff in it. it it's, I'm very excited about it. But it won't be available for six months, so don't want to say too much about it. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I just, I'm going to hold on to that acronym, yeah. VAST, because yeah. it's an awesome one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. So thank, thank you for thank always, you. I mean, 20 books. This is, this is book number 21 then? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know how you do that, doctor. That's, that would be another podcast where how you find books. <laughs> well, so, lots of people have written many more. So yeah. So so I, I have a question around these days with what's going on with remote working and working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my clients, what they're seeing, some are thriving in this working from home environment because they don't have to be overstimulated about what's going on, getting ready to go to work. And some are saying, oh, I needed that stimulation. So to professionals that have had this sudden change of work habit, uh, what, what advice do you have or what, what are your thoughts around adjusting to this new times? Well, the, the more you can tailor the environment to what works for you, the better. Uh, people are very different. No, no two brains are the same. So just find out, you know, however many details you, you can control, try to set it up so that you will deliver peak performance, whether where you work, when you work, how long you work, whether you drink coffee or not, mm-hmm. all, all the, how much sleep you get, all the various elements that contribute to how we perform, try to control as many of them as you can to be ideal for you and your particular brain. I like that because there's all sorts of influences, right? The, the lighting in a room, the clutter in your home office that you never got to clean up, right. the, the, the family running around all the time. There's all of these things that are distractions. When it comes to 
the distractions of home. What are, what are, what are some of the things that, that you think they, they can, how can they use that to their benefit, I guess? Well, distractions are not beneficial if they're taking you away. So you want to put barriers up, you know, close the door, turn off the electronics. I have a patient who has an office in his garage. I mean, if you, if you can create uh, your own space within mm -hmm. the larger space, then, then you can control interruptions and distractions. You know, the whole idea is to put you in control of the environment so it doesn't control you. And what most people don't do, they're not active enough in, in putting up barriers against unplanned interruptions and distractions. So let me back up a little bit more and talk about diagnosis. So sometimes in tipping points in our lives, I have my tipping point, you know, being a mother late in life and, and then going back to corporation when she was only five months. So that the sleep deprivation, all of that kicked in. I work with adults who are late in life diagnosed. So there is this, okay, now I know, do I take meds? Don't take meds. Do mm -hmm. I, what strategies do I work on? So they go into this hyper focus of trying to figure this out because now it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. the, what, the theme that I see, though, is they go so much into this hyper-focus of doing research that the doing part doesn't happen. So mm -hmm. it's like consuming knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. What advice do you have to those that are like, have been researching this for years now or for months, but not taking other steps to manage it, like the doing part? As opposed well, that, that's a good time to get a coach because the coach can prod you, structure it for you, incentivize it for you. So you start getting things done and get out of the you know, paralysis of analysis mode. And a coach can do that. Coach can say, look, here's the deadline. You got to produce five pages or whatever and, mm -hmm. and then hold you accountable. And, and the next thing you know, you start producing. Okay, awesome. Now there's this resistance to coaching also that comes in is, oh, I don't, I, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for 40 plus years or, you know, 30 plus years. Nobody's going to change me. As some of us are kind of set in our own ways. And most ADDers also don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's fine. Continue to struggle. It's your choice. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't beg people to accept what I have to offer. It, I've learned, I used to, to try to, you know, because I knew what I had to offer would be helpful. Mm-hmm. But I realized it was a losing proposition. So I wait for them to decide, you know, I'd like to try and do something differently. You know, the AA has a great phrase, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. And, and sooner or later, usually, they'll decide to accept help. But you're right. People with ADD hate to be told what to do. We're born rebels. We're born oppositional. We're born revolutionaries. We're the people who colonized this country. You know, we... we don't tread on me. You know, we, we are fiercely independent, mm -hmm. which can be an asset, but it can be a liability if it leads you to reject help. So, you know, I offer the help. It's, you know, I'd write books. The, it's a, an invitation to come see me to get help. But the person really does, have, as the old joke says, the light bulb has to want to change. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, so, so on that note about being a rebel, I was told, you know, when I, when I shared, I, I always go online, like, hey, I got this now. And some were like, shh, Kathy, don't tell anyone. You know, you don't want to talk about it in, in the workplace. It's, so the stigma is definitely there. So there's, there's a nice 
emotionally well-managed way of speaking about it. And then there's being a bull in a china shop and telling everybody you've got ADHD, so they need to accommodate. What, what have you experienced with your clients around disclosing it, the way, what's been effective in talking? Yeah, about unfortunately, it? I think it's a bad idea to disclose it, unless you know that your boss and the people in the workplace understand what it is. Most people still don't. So what I do say is you can talk about target symptoms. You can say, I'm really creative, but I'm bad at being on time. Mm. You don't have to say, I have ADHD. You can just leave it at that. So you acknowledge what your strengths and what your weaknesses are, but you don't put it under the umbrella of ADHD because most people still don't understand what that is. I like They'll that. think it means you're unreliable or you're crazy or you're, you know, all the negative stereotypes. And it's interesting because you've done, you know, over two decades of this work and it's still, it feels like it's like a new thing that people are like, oh, well, what is that? I thought only children had it. I thought you were out of it. So it's definitely, there's not enough education out there about it. Especially I've learned in that. I've learned the truth spreads slowly and attitudes change even more slowly. Yeah. You can give people the truth, but they won't necessarily accept it. And it, it's funny because the truth about this condition is so liberating. It's such good news. Mm -hmm. once, you, once you get this diagnosis, your life can only get better. That's right. That's right. And it has for me. I know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what about that employee? So if, if the managers or, and team leaders are listening to this conversation, that they, they see the signs in their, their staff. And I want to refer to your, your book, Shine, Using Brain Science to Get the Best from your, your People. In that book about selection, connection, play. And one of the things that you've talked all the time about is connection. Mm -hmm. Could we talk about that, please? Because personally, I want to Yeah, <laughs> connection is, is the most powerful force for growth in the world. You know, at its most distilled, we call it love. And then it, it, it attenuates out from that, and, and I call it connection. So connection to a person, to an idea, to a dog, to, to a, a field, to a, whatever. Whenever you feel connected to a thing, an entity, a person, you just, you, you perform much better. And unfortunately, the world is, is, is short. On, I call it the other vitamin C, vitamin connect. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are suffering from a vitamin connect deficiency. They're lonely or they're cut off. They're, they're very connected electronically, but they're not connected interpersonally. And their interactions become ever more superficial and not sustaining. And then they feel, they feel sort of blah and you wonder why. And it's, well, it's because of that. It's because they, don't, they don't, aren't getting the vitamin connect. Why do you think there's a resistance with, with, with that, with, I, I see it with 80 years. And one of the ways I see it is, is through, I can't keep up with friends or, or, you know, I have a hard time making friendships. What theme have you seen there? Well, it, it, it's person by person, you know, I mean, some people, they just can't linger. They can't slow down enough mm -hmm. and talk to someone and get to know someone. Others, they've got a self-esteem problem, so they don't want to put themselves forward. Others uh, are just addicted to speed. You know, they just got to keep doing, 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 and, and they, they won't slow down. But actually, I think people with ADD are, in fact, very good connectors when they, when they do it. Yes. Because we're, we're, we're very genuine. We're very honest, uh, often to a flaw. 
to a fault. I mean, we, we say what we think. We, we're icebreakers. We, yep. We're generous. We're big hearted. We're giving. So we, we make wonderful friends. And uh, it's just we need to prioritize it and learn how to slow down enough to, to allow it to happen. Well said. Well said, doctor. So one last parting question is one thought about they were just late diagnosed in life. Their whole world working work has, uh, you know, changed. They're working from home, managing so many things. What's one <coughs> thing they could do? Well, learn about it. The, the more you can learn about your own ADD, the better you'll be able to manage it. You know, the get one of my books, Driven to Distraction, Delivered from Distraction, and learn about it. Become a student of ADD. It, it's, there's not one thing you should do. There's mm. many things you should do and, and can do. But, you, you, you know, above all, nurture your connections to things that you love to do. I mean, your career ought to be the overlap of three circles, what you love to do, what you're good at doing, and what someone will pay you to do. And where those three circles ought, uh, over, overlap, that's where you should spend most of your time. And, and whether you have ADD or not. But in, in terms of taking charge of your own ADD, just learn about it. Learn what it is. It, once you, the more you learn about it, the more of an ally it will become, the more of an asset it will become. You know, I don't treat disabilities. I help people unwrap their gifts. Mm. And, and the best way to unwrap this gift and turn it from a curse into a gift, because it can be a terrible curse. Yeah. Um, but if you want to turn it into a gift, uh, learn about it and then behave accordingly. Thank you, doctor. Thank you so much for your time. This was such an honor. And I know your time is precious, so I'm keeping it short and sweet and to the point. Well, Kathy, thank you. It was you. really nice talking to you. And thank you for the good work you do. Thank you. I appreciate you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.